most of us are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. When Abraham Maslow released his findings in 1943, he listed five basic needs of human beings. Physiological, safety, social esteem, self-actualization. But for now, let's concentrate on the first three. Because we all need, we need, no, we need air, water, and food, that's level one. And safety, security, and freedom from fear, that's level two. We need those to survive. That after we realize that we are fed and safe, we start to try to move up the ladder. We move up to level three. We want our love and belongingness needs to be met. That need is primal, maybe even primitive, and belonging is something we seek and has been sought ever since the days of cave dwellers who didn't have sociologists and scientists to tell them that they needed each other. Some of the places where we want to feel we belong are obvious, in romantic relationships, with our families, in the community, in our nation, and in our churches. Psychologist Dr. Karen Hall says that some struggle to find a sense of belonging and their loneliness is physically painful for them. Some seek belonging through excluding others. That reflects the idea that there must be those who don't belong in order for there to be those who do. So first, let's look at the way our society tells people they don't belong. And then we can talk about belonging at a more personal level. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to the European incursion into what we now call the United States of America. Now the pilgrims were mainly outcasts from society. For whatever reasons, they did not feel they belonged in their home country, but they came to these shores and promptly took advantage of the friendship and assistance offered them. The outsiders decided that those native to this country did not belong. And they proceeded to act as though the people native to the land were the ones who didn't belong. The visitors fit into the psychology that there must be those who don't belong in order for there to be those who do. Settlers took it so far as to murder, scalp, starve, demonize, belittle and cheat their way into claiming what was theirs. We only need to look at Standing Rock, the shrunken reservation maps, and the deplorable conditions on reservations to know that we continue to say, you don't belong here. Interestingly, in spite of the maltreatment, Native Americans are not asking, where do we belong? They already know. We are in the midst of a movement that tells us that only white Anglo-Saxon Christians belong here. 
anti-Mexican, anti-Semitic, anti-Muslim, anti-African-American, anti-woman, anti-LGBTQ+, sentiments and rhetoric have been flying through the news biosphere and Twitter world. When a president refuses to disavow the Ku Klux Klan, chooses an alt-right staff member, appoints a racist attorney general, and fails to censure fascists, he is telling us over and over and over again who does not belong here. That we are not even on the third rung of Maslow's ladder and need not aspire for belonging, esteem, or self-actualization. We already know that race is a false construct, yet we identify ourselves by race. It, it is pitiful that I can't even get through this sermon. I can't even avoid race as I'm talking with you this morning. We see politicians pitting poor white people against African Americans and immigrants, particularly Mexicans right now. We fear people because of their religion. The number of hate groups is growing and hate speech is now common rhetoric in the media. Many people in this nation, almost all of whom come from immigrant families, want to stop Muslims from entering this country even if the immigrants' lives are endangered in their homelands. Remember these words by Emma Lazarus? Give me your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the ref wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. That poem on the Statue of, Liter of Liberty is truly a statement of welcoming and belonging. Apparently, that has a statute of limitation or an expiration date etched somewhere that we don't see. When we change our focus to more local news, we are still in the land of, you don't belong here. Last week, 25-year-old Eddie Russell Jr., who was pictured with a, with a gun in a bank holdup in which he fired shots, was shot 20 times in his parents' yard. Now, I'm not here trying to tell you whether the shooting was or wasn't justified, but here's what I wonder. Was everything done that could have been done? Police were on the scene for two hours. Why didn't they have cameras? You know, they're now asking for people to bring in their phones if they shot video. Why wasn't the father, Eddie Sr., allowed to talk with his son, who was known to have emotional issues? And do not quote me something about protocol. Why was a SWAT team with military SWAT vehicles on the scene? 
Why was Eddie Jr. struck by 20 bullets? 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. That's one less black person that doesn't belong here. I don't know whether Eddie Russell Jr. was affiliated with or influenced by a gang, but gang violence is a problem in Peoria, where gangs fight over drug turf. Have you ever heard the saying, all money ain't good money? Meaning that if the way we came about it is suspect, Maybe we should just let it alone. Clearly all belonging ain't good belonging. Sometimes people make poor decisions when they seek that place in the world that seems accepting. Becoming a gang member can give some youth the feeling that they are in a community that cares and that will protect them. They get praise for accomplishing tasks for their elders, even if those actions lead to others into harm's way, into addiction, into stealing, even into prostitution. They aren't getting positive strokes from their schools and possibly not from their families. The gang steps in and gives them a place to belong. Fascists, racists, and white supremacists are all in the gang building business right now. They are giving the fearful and the lost a place to belong. So enough about our societal issues of belonging, though those of us who listen to the news can't help being bombarded with constant negativity. Perhaps all of this upheaval does fracture our feelings of security and connectedness. We all have our own issues, our own personal and social issues. The problem with the need to belong is that we don't have total control over how and where we feel connected. This is why so many of us are frustrated and pining for love and romantic relationship. This aspect of belonging is attached to so many highs and lows. Unfortunately, there are no magic formulas for finding a deep, meaningful, loving relationship. And it is this kind of belonging that evades some of us or becomes lost to us, leaving us feeling hurt, vulnerable, unwanted, abandoned, unattractive, rejected. These feelings of loneliness can manifest themselves 
in objectionable, way, in objectionable ways and lead to self-destructive attitudes. There are times when we have to remind ourselves that we are lovable, even if there seems to be evidence to the contrary, even if that singular attachment of, of intimacy is missing from our lives. Popular author and self-help guru, Dr. Bren Brown, believes that the truth is, belonging starts with self-acceptance. Your level of belonging, in fact, can never be greater than your level of self-acceptance. Because believing that you're enough is what gives you the courage to be authentic, vulnerable, and imperfect. Now, when I first selected that passage, I thought, yeah, OK. I thought it made perfect sense. And it's certainly the track that we hear commonly these days, that you need to love yourself before you can be loved. Then I remembered a meme that I read on Facebook a year or so ago. And I have to paraphrase it because, of course, I can't find it now. <laughs> Stop telling me I can't be loved unless I love myself. Isn't, enough, isn't it enough burden to feel unlovable without also telling me I am unworthy of being loved? I believe there is truth in both statements and that should, we should be wary of placing labels on ourselves, calling ourselves unlovable. Some of us may always question our worth instead of accepting that we are wonderfully quirky beautifully imperfect, and exquisitely unpredictable. We are divine, and we belong to the universe, our country, our community, our families, ourselves, and so much more. We are divine. I'm sure some of us are skeptical of that term. To me, to be divine can mean an understanding that we are safe in knowing there is no eternal punishment for us. Whether that space after death is separation from consciousness of this life, simply ceasing to be, or some experience we can call grace and heaven. There is divinity in our being now because there is something in us that makes us capable of generosity, compassion, forgiveness, and love. There is unity in this kind of belonging, and it is divine. Remember that Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warren song, Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong? I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> but here are a few words. Love lifts us up where we belong, where the eagles cry on a mountain high. Love lifts us up where we belong, far from the world below, up where the clear winds blow. Love lifts us up is a sentimental favorite. And there's something to be said for realizing that we are part of nature, 
or that there is beauty in solitude. But if we really want the feeling of belonging, unless we are on a quest or long for the life of an aesthete or a hermit, we need to look for acceptance right where we are planted. Belonging, Blooming, and Beginning Again, written by Darren Larson, suggests that instead of searching for where we belong, we can choose to engage in belonging at any time, in any moment, no matter where we are. So what are those things that are routine to us in which we could become more engaged? Hearing the alarm clock every morning, drinking coffee or tea, feeding the dog, going to work, going to the dentist, watching a movie, doing a crossword, fixing a healthy dinner. Larson says, what would it feel like to at least attempt to notice and accept all the many points along the way? The pleasant episodes as well as the unpleasant ones. If we can practice embracing the hundreds of different places we find ourselves each day, physically, mentally, emotionally, then we're well on our way to belonging wherever we go. What if instead of finding out exactly where I belong, I put my energy into belonging where I find myself at any given moment? Have you been thinking that belonging is more a function of how others treat you rather than how you engage with the world? I always like to have one phrase that I, am, I repeat because I say it's so important. So here it is again. Have you been thinking that belonging is more a function of how others treat you rather than how you engage with the world. The next time those thoughts that you don't fit in or that you don't belong start nagging you, just remember that belonging is an action word, not a passive one. You can energize yourself by embracing the moment, even if it is negative. And of course, there are strategies that can help. And according to Dr. Hall, who told us about those who seek belonging by excluding others, there are measures we can take for building a sense of belonging. First of all, find similarities in others rather than focusing on difference. Secondly, accept others. Be open to realizing that there is value in everyone's thinking. Third, stop isolating yourself. Don't wait until you feel worthy. And four, say yes to opportunities to be with others. And I'm going to expand on this a little bit. Where will you be the evening of our next potluck? Do you usually skip them because you don't like the food? or you are concerned that no one will talk with you, will you be alone? Will you have to walk into that big room by yourself and not know what to do or where to sit? 
Well, first of all, potlucks are not really about the food. It's about community. If you don't like the food, eat beforehand. Come in with a smile and a hello, and that is enough to start a conversation. In coffee hour, don't go and sit at a table by yourself and wait for someone to sit with you. I would add that those of you who are used to sitting with your favorite friends at coffee hour, maybe you could switch it up to a different group for a few minutes. You could ask someone who is passing by if they would like to join you. All of us can help someone feel accepted. Everyone in this room has exercised the prerogative of belonging and deserves to feel held in the warmth of community. You've joined family and friends here today, or perhaps you have come forth to this place as a visitor, not knowing what to expect. Nevertheless, here we are, blended into community of diverse opinions and like-mindedness, millennial and baby boomer, theist and humanist, across the gender spectrum, identifying as white, black, brown, red, yellow, complexioned human beings of one race. Here in this sanctuary, we have found a place of belonging. We move toward Maslow's levels of esteem and self-actualization, realizing that the state of belonging, not just for ourselves, but that of others also, makes us one. We are one, we belong, and we are indeed divine. <laughs>